Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And the question is, where do, where do the White Sox go from here with the decisions they have to make? That is the voice of David Sampson, and we are delighted to have the former Marlins president join us now. He's the host of Nothing Personal Daily and part of CBS Sports HQ. He joins us on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. David, good morning. How are you? I am doing great. How are you? You know, we're troubled by uh, the uh, the the. MLB investigation of Mike Clevenger that we learned about yesterday, uh, uh, a former uh, girlfriend, the mother of his child, um, accusing him of, uh, of, of abuse, both uh, in terms of, uh, of her and their child together. And, you know, it's, a, it's disturbing allegations. And I understand that, uh, that the investigation has just started, but I don't, I don't think there's, a lot of people that that really understand how it got to this point, how you go out and sign a guy to a contract when this is hanging over his head. And I, I understand MLB can't can't to tell you about it. The players. Are so I understand the difficulty in revealing information. But is there a way that you're supposed to know this? Did you not do the correct due diligence if indeed this uh, this allegation got past you somehow before you signed a guy. So when you're signing a free agent, you are trying to find out everything you can, much like when you draft an amateur player, when you're trading for a player, you're talking to people around the league. Sometimes you're asking uh, GMs of the team where the player once played, you know, what's this player like? You talk to teammates who may have played with that player, but sometimes you do nothing. And the times you do nothing – or when you really want the player, you need someone in your rotation, you need someone in your lineup, and you're willing to turn the other cheek. Every time I signed a player, I would call Major League Baseball, I would speak to as many people as I could speak to, and I still got burned more often than not by lack of performance, by overpaying, and by getting myself in a heap of trouble because I was so focused on getting a player. And then you have to decide, are you going to die on that hill? And I know Jerry Reinsdorf well. I am shocked that he has not been released. And the reason I'm shocked is that this is not the type of person who Jerry wants to be associated with. But the problem is, what if he didn't do anything? That's why the investigation happens. But even the fact that there's an investigation means something happened. 
They don't just do in the Department of Investigations. They don't just do preemptive investigations. There has to have been a complaint. There has to have been a situation. And these guys know what they're doing. They know when there's nothing happening and it's just a scorned woman or man or something. They speak to the authorities. They have a lot of money that they put into these investigations. And for me, it's just not worth it. Why go into a season with this distraction? Why go into a season with a player who's not even that good and now brings this level of distraction that is offensive to your fan base or certainly should be? David, I totally agree with you. We both do, and that's a consensus in Chicago. That said, if the White Sox agree and we're giving them the benefit of the doubt that they did not find out about this until after signing Mike Clevenger, is there language in the CBA that we're unaware of? Is there, are there protocols that need to be followed that prevent them from acting as impulsively as or reacting just emotionally to the, to the revelation that he is under investigation? Are they able to do what they want to do if they're compelled to release him? You are always able to do what you want to do, but what you're talking about is the fight over the termination for, claw, for cause language in the contract. Termination for cause is when you can release a player and not pay him. If you're willing to pay him the $12 million just to disappear, then there's nothing that the union is going to say or the league. You pay him the $12 million, $2 million a month for the six months. You never show him in a uniform, in the White Sox uniform. You don't let him come to spring training. You don't let him do any of these off-season fan fest events, and you just move on. But if Jerry Reinsdorf is trying to save the money, then you've got to let the process play out and hope that he is suspended by the league, and then you get suspended without pay, and then you get to save money. So sometimes what happens, like with Trevor Bauer, they needed to wait to see what was going to happen with his suspension, and they were dealing with luxury tax ramifications because they're so close to that tax. The White Sox are not close to that level. They don't have that issue right now. They could simply write the check and move on, or they could choose to fight it. And to fight it, you can't just move on. You've got to keep the player because if you terminate him and, stop and don't pay, then you can actually get in trouble. So you're going to let the process play out. But keep in mind, players don't start getting paid until April. So, in fact, that they could wait until April to see if there's going to be a suspension. But to me, the negative PR is so significant in this case that the advantage of keeping him through some sort of finality of the investigation does not seem worth it. Yeah, and, you know, I got to tell you, um, it, it's just a situation. I, I understand, and I, I saw the language in the – the MLB is not allowed to give a team a heads up. And, uh, and certainly the Players Association don't want that to happen. But this is a public relations disaster – and I can't, I can't figure out for the life of me why you can't just, you know, when you try to sign a guy, why, why can't someone just whisper to you, hey, you might want to wait a month. You know, you might not want to rush into that. That's all I'm going to say. Something so when it like comes that. To domestic yeah. violence, you don't get those whispers. Those whispers do come. You, you remember the whole collusion situation in baseball. Right. The commissioner's office does give you whispers when you are signing a free agent. When you're signing Dansby Swanson and you're giving him $177 million, you can see where the shortstop market is. MLB can help you understand where he should slot with these other contracts that are coming out. There will be whispers in that regard. But when it comes to steroids and domestic violence, they are tight-lipped. And the reason they are is that you're talking about someone's life. You're talking about 
uh, impacting families, impacting people for the rest of their lives. Once you are associated with domestic violence, it's you know the second or first line of your obituary type of thing. Being overpaid is not part of your legacy, but when you are accused of something that you've either done or not done, as you know, that tends to stick quite a bit longer. So they are really tight-lipped about that, and I actually appreciate that as a team president, but believe me, it hurts. So my example is D. Gordon, one of our players, got suspended for steroids, and we had signed him to a long-term deal, and I just wanted, hey, guys, you couldn't have mentioned something you know, just anything that there was a thought that, that there could be a steroid issue here, because I certainly didn't think there could be. And my answer was told to me, no, we can't tell you a thing. And there's no leaks in that regard, which is pretty crazy because in the commissioner's office, it's a sieve. But when it comes to these sort of things, you just don't leak it. David, I want to go back to something you referred to earlier when you said that the major league baseball investigative arm of of, of the of the league is is so strong that they wouldn't necessarily go into something like this unless they felt like they they had a good reason to this isn't just a a fly by night decision that say well we need to explore this because we've got a tip and this and that have you had experience in that regard and, and what makes you believe that i guess expand on that belief that, you know, if they are going to look into this, it's likely that they have reason to and they could find something. They're so busy, they're not looking for cases to look into when there's nothing to see. They have way too much to do, and it's still a very big department and a very well-funded department, and they're all still very, very busy. And, again, this is Jerry Reinsdorf. In the beginning, his relationship with Rob Manford was not very good. He did not vote for Rob Manford when Rob was trying to become commissioner but their relationship has gotten much better over the years. And Rob is not happy that Jerry is going through this and not happy that Jerry is having these PR issues, but Jerry could have taken care of this. And the way you take care of it is saying, we have zero tolerance, hard stop. I am sorry. We made a mistake. We did not know. And the minute we found out that he was under investigation, we are putting him, we are suspending him with pay but he will not be a part of this organization until the investigation is complete. And we are convinced that there is absolutely nothing that went on here. And then we'll go on with our relationship with him. There's nothing stopping Jerry from doing that. And I'm pretty surprised he hasn't done it yet. You know, this, this is obviously the main issue right now. And then you got to look at it and you got to say, Hey, how do you, you know, if you're moving beyond this guy, which I'm, I'm hopeful they will, then how do you fill that position, right? And the Sox are claiming that they've spent enough money and they can't go out and, and sign someone like Michael Walker or whoever is still available. Um, are there any internal options? You know, is, is the idea of, of taking a guy who's made a, an impact in the bullpen and Ronaldo Lopez after kind of failing as a starter, could you move him back and, and try to do something with him? I mean, we're talking about a fourth or fifth starter here we're not talking about um, replacing a, an ace. And that's really why I'm even more surprised by how this is going. Mike Clevenger, the name, is not who he is as a talent the way he used to be. He is an oft-injured player whose performance is mediocre at best. He is a rotation filler. That's all he is. So I couldn't agree with you more. And this is terrible to say, but when you run a team, the talent of the player – 
has a far bigger impact on the punishment meted by the team and the swiftness in which that punishment is handed out, there is a direct correlation that probably shouldn't exist, but in the real world does exist. So when you've got a fringe starter where this is happening, even though you'll have egg on your face because you just signed into a free agent deal, a one-year deal, just move on. Get rid of the story. Get into spring training and start stretching out your long uh, relievers. Start thinking about, in your minor league system, who has a chance to win a job out of spring training in the rotation. Every team has a stable of 14 people on their bulletin board who they know are going to get starts during the course of the year because that's how it goes with injuries and lack of performance. Just move everybody up one, monitor the waiver wire, figure out if there's some trades you can do during spring training to get some rotation depth. But you've got plenty of opportunities to replace a Clevinger. We're not talking about replacing Cy Young here. David, I think that we, we, we talk about the due diligence that uh, the White Sox did or didn't do with Mike Clevenger and signing him. Yeah, you respect the fact that if MLB was investigating, they're protecting the privacy of players, and, and I think executives probably understand and accept that premise. But also, I think a lot of people might be listening and, and seeing some things. It took people 15 minutes to go on the Internet the other day and, and do a Google search on Mike Clevenger and see that his, one of his best friends is Trevor Bauer and to see the allegations um, linking to that, some of the, the video evidence being presented on social media, if you will. I, I just wonder, are you – is it fair to hold the White Sox responsible for not doing enough, even with respect to the fact that the MLB investigative arm might not have let them know they were looking into Mike Clevenger? If we didn't sign players because we didn't like who they were best friends with, then the three of us would be the starting rotation. So <laughs> that that is not the criteria that we look for. Who does this guy hang out with? Now, we'll talk about it in terms of if, from a partying standpoint, Man, we got to be careful. We're going to assign a veteran who understands what to do on the road, who understands the rest that a player needs, and we're going to have that veteran work with a rookie to make sure that rookie who we're high on is understanding about what it is to be a major leaguer because it's pretty hard for these kids, especially kids, Dominican kids who have come, come to the States, don't speak much English, have more money than they've ever had. Things can go south in a hurry. So we'll match people up and, and we'll do buddy systems and things like that. But in terms of just because Trevor Bauer was his best friend, therefore that means you don't sign him. No, that is not something I would expect a team to do, nor I would want a team to do. Uh, I would not want to be evaluated by all the people I've hung out with over the course of my life. And frankly, other people are saying that about me. So that is not anything. So I don't blame the White Sox for anything that happened until word came out. Now I blame the White Sox for everything they've done since then. But the process by which they signed him, I mean, the only thing I could critique is that Mike Clevenger is not a $12 million pitcher, but that's neither here nor there. But now I am critical because they could have done something to end this news cycle. And then the three of us today could have been talking about the Cubs and whether or not having Bellinger and Mancini is the panacea that they hope it is. And God, I hope you guys don't think that it is. <laughs> well, let's get to that. I mean, why not? Hold that for a segue. No, that's pretty damn good. Um, I'm curious as to why. God, so am I. So owners are funny. The way, the way it works is you've got someone named uh, Bellinger, right? Cody Bellinger, former MVP. And what you say about a player like that is COS is what we called it. 
and it's the old change of scenery. And I've convinced myself maybe 50 times over my 18 years that I could take a player who had a great year 40 years ago, and with the change of scenery, that player will be what he was, not what he is. And I have been wrong 95% of the time because it turns out what players are is what players are. And players who have had a great run, whatever the reason is, and whatever you want to say about Bellinger, he's not an MVP. Now, you sign him to what do they give him? I'm guessing one year, like $17 million or something. It's not a long commitment, so it's sort of a flyer. But that's something that the Marlins or the Guardians could never do. You're not going to give $17 million for a player who's a reclaim, and that's all Bellinger is right now, a reclaim. And if you think as a Cubs fan that he's going to be sort of the replacement to Chris Bryant and he's going to be your new MVP, it just means you're not really paying attention. Okay, I'll push back a little bit here then, David, since we're having a baseball conversation. Look, Cody Bellinger's a one-year prove-it deal who's a placeholder for the prospects in the system. The Cubs spent over $300 million and added more new free agents than any team in baseball. They had a very good winner. So if, if by a very good winter you mean having new names and signing bulks of free agents, how are you going to argue to me that you want to see Trey Mancini get 500 at-bats on your team and say that you're going to have a winning team? What part of that makes you think that he's the difference for you? Same with Bellinger. You're going to give these guys a 1,000 at-bats and think that you're going to compete in your division? I just don't see that happening. I understand why they did it. I understand these are low-risk signings with upside if these players are who they used to be. But scouts will tell you they're exactly who they are. Now, Swanson, I love the deal. I don't love going seven years at $25 million, let's say only because I worry about his ability to be off the Braves and sort of that team where he's not counted on to be the guy. He's a guy. You put him on the Cubs, and he's got to be more of the guy than a guy, and I'm just not sure that he is the guy. So that's going to be interesting as they sort of navigate their lineup, but he's certainly a great player to have in your clubhouse. He is a winning player with a winning pedigree. It, it just reminded me – they're off season a little bit of when Tom Ricketts got frustrated during the rebuild and signed Edwin Jackson. I don't know if you guys remember that. I don't remember what year it was. Oh, yeah. But Rick, Ricketts got angry. Oh, my God, the team stinks. We got, we got to do something to pacify the fans and me because I'm so despondent. Edwin Jackson, let's give him whatever they gave him, out, like five years, $55 million or whatever, the, whatever it was. I can't remember. And in the industry, we looked and said, wow, there's an owner who stopped listening to his GM. And when you sign like a Jamison Tag Talon, which is another, another pitcher, I can't remember what he got, but something like four years, $65 million or $70 yes. million. Dollars. 68, yeah. 60, well, that's, that's price is right. I think I'm a winner on that. Um, <laughs> yep. That is, uh, he's not that. He's just not that. He is a, a sort of innings guy, middle of the rotation guy. And in baseball, you've learned quickly, you need top end of rotation people. I'd rather have one $30 million pitcher who I know is going to get me healthy 30 starts and stop winning streaks and continue, uh, stop losing streaks and continue winning streaks than get three 12 or $14 million guys who are all going to get me a four and a half to five ERA. And I go into that game thinking that I'm likely not going to win. So it's just a difference of opinion, but I'm not crit critical of the Cubs and what they're trying to do. Uh, I'm just surprised that there's this number of players who they're taking flyers on 
for what they think they could be again. Uh, David, quickly on the White Sox, um, the big story this week before the Clevenger disaster, it was Eloy Jimenez coming on a Zoom call and letting everyone know that, no, I'm not a DH, and it doesn't matter <laughs> that they signed Ben Attendee. I'm going to play right field now if uh, if that's what I have to do. Now, I don't blame a 26-year-old guy that wants to, to, to play in the outfield that doesn't want to be a DH, but the idea that they haven't explained this to him is confounding to me. Aloy in the outfield was always a bit of an issue, and there was always fear of injury and weird things happening. He's clearly a DH. We thought the White Sox, by signing Ben Attendee, were letting him know that he's a DH. And it turns out now he wants to play some right field, and they've talked about playing him once a week in right field. He, he doesn't have an arm to play right field. Yeah, so when you sign a free agent, in theory, you're supposed to talk to an existing player who will be impacted by that signing, and often that player will say, yeah, I'm supportive, it's great, I'll move to third base, or I'll move to shortstop or to second base, or I'll take some DH at bat. But then the agents get in the way, and they talk about what the future value is of a player where you don't want to be a full-time DH at a young age because it becomes limiting. But those were the days when DH was only in half the league. Now, players are more okay being DHs because there's still 30 jobs available because DH is universal. But what you're really asking about is communication. And it is very common for teams to not communicate with players as much as the players would like. There's a big difference of opinion amongst GMs as to how much you should tell your players about what you're doing. And I always erred on talking to players too much. And I had GMs who erred with talking to players not enough. And we ended up somewhere in the middle which I think worked most of the time, but we still had players who were confused about their role, and we would have to say to them, let it play out. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. Just come to spring training ready to win, and then we use the end line, which is my favorite, which is when we're winning, you won't care where you're playing. And we say that hoping that that's enough, but with the way the money is in the game, it doesn't work all the time anymore. <laughs> great David, stuff. great stuff. Always appreciate talking to you. Thanks a ton. Hey, have a great day. Thank you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.